Welcome to the Nahrain Network podcast series. We're here today with Dr. Ali Naji from Kufa University, who has just completed a Nahrain Network British Institute for the Study of Iraq scholarship, UCL University College London. Hello, Dr. Ali, how are you? Hello, Victor Mihar. It's nice to talk to you and talk to the audience about this scholarship. Could you tell us first about what you do, the position you have in Kufa University? I am Ali Naja Atiyah, assistant professor at civil engineering department in Kufa University. Uh, I'm working on structural engineering, my specialty since uh, 2000, where I got my PhD from University of Baghdad. Uh, but my interest in heritage and uh, cultural heritage, and both types, tangible and intangible heritage, uh, started to increase day by day, let me say, since 2003, when the Iraq regime changed and a lot of things, new things for Iraqi people that started to attract their interest. And one of them is uh, the heritage and how to keep the heritage of Iraq. You're an engineer by training. Yes, I am civil engineer and uh, my specialty is structural engineering. And you, you said that after 2003, you were increasingly interested in cultural heritage in Iraq. What kind of work have you done since then in, in the country? I'm living in the city of Najaf and uh, maybe it is well known for many people around the world. It is a heritage city and uh, there is a very important monument inside the historic part of the city, which is the shrine of uh, Imam Ali alayhi uh, In the beginning, uh, let me say honestly that uh, I, uh, some people invited me to uh, preserve or to make some drawings for this building because as you know everything was lost uh, from the governmental authorities and also other authorities so i started with my students to document the shrine buildings uh, which were where at that time there's no even one map for uh, this important building but uh, later my interest uh, improved let me say like that and uh, developed for more or higher stage not to think about how to keep the stone but uh, how to keep the cultural value of the stone and this is when we, I, I talk uh, uh, during the interview in, in more details what do you mean by stones are you talking about the physical heritage yes exactly stones i mean there's the physical heritage or the building itself and your and your research has been to find ways of looking both at tangible and intangible heritage Yes, exactly. Because if we if we just look to the physical material with, without shedding the light about the value of this material, for example, at the beginning, as you know, a lot of people came to visit the city. Millions of people came every year, and maybe several millions in one day or a couple of days visit this place or this small small plates inside the historic part of the city. The, the main question at that time is why we do not demolish uh, the new build the new building because this building was built uh, 400 years ago. This is now the, 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 the nowadays building that belongs to the, the same style, the same finishing, uh, the same material from 100, 400 years ago. And at that time, maybe thousands of people uh, came to the city but now we have millions of people came to the city so 
the, the question always why we do not demolish this building and build a very large one to make a be- available area for worship for those millions of people. And maybe I can say also, in the beginning, I am thinking in, in the same way that all the buildings should have a function. And the function is make a space which is comfortable for people to do what they want to do. For example, for this building to do worship. Uh, but later, when I, for example, go more in depth in the cultural heritage and what was uh, kept by all generations for us, for example, like values and something like that. And the values are related 100% to the, for example, style of building, to the type of finishing or, for example, the, the old doors and windows and the calligraphy and everything. And I found that uh, uh, I should have two objectives for any uh, one, engineer or not engineer, should think in two ways how to make space for millions of people and at the same time how to keep uh, the things which 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 are valuable for the people for the identity of those people uh, at the same time so this is really the challenge for anyone working in this field um, as you know at, at the, maybe the several hundreds years ago there was some, we say, problems or fighting between two main empires at that time, uh, which is the Ottoman Empire and also the Safawi Empire. We say in history, we read and there are, for example, dark times and there are good times. There are peace in some years between the two empires and sometimes there are battles and uh, problems between them. And when I read the history of the holy shrines in Iraq, the majority of construction done in the past, it was in this peace period between those empires. So this is the real fact uh, how those buildings were built uh, in the past. As an engineer, as you, as you now see from my uh, statements, I am talking about history and uh, maybe Later, I will talk about maybe the architecture, and later I will talk about the cultural value and so on, or the social context. Uh, in the beginning, I am thinking just an engineer. So just think how, how to make those uh, bricks and the mortar and the walls, how to, to keep them uh, uh, stand for, let me say, the coming hundred years. Just think in that way, how to analyze the, the structure, how to make the structure, this old structure, can withstand, for example, blast explosions, which happens many times in the city in the past 10 years, or, uh, for example, the wind load, or the load of millions of people, and so on. Think in that way, which is the engineering mind. But uh, as I said, uh, uh, later, I found myself having interest in those things, for example, the history of the place, the value of the place, because you cannot think just in uh, this physical thing without um, merging uh, those other fields uh, with the same idea. Because this place, I, I can say this place is a good example for multidisciplinary fields to study it from different directions. Because if you study it from one direction or one view, I think you will destroy other uh, 
angles of view, for example, the history, the value, and so on. The significant amount of cultural infrastructure buildings have been torn down since 2003, and there's been a number of important buildings that have been replaced, transformed. What do people think about what's happening in Najaf, particularly in relation to some of these historic buildings? Yes, the, the problem is, is um, sometimes, uh, let me say, uh, the, the heritage of people, especially in Iraq, is not the health of anyone. If it is exist, you don't feel it, but if you lost it uh, in, in one time, you will feel that you lose a very important thing. And this happened happened many times. For example, uh, let me say, a part of the old city was demolished since the 80s during the the past regime. The idea at that time to build an an open space and a new project named Medina Tuzairin, or the city of pilgrims. But for example, at that time, the bulldozer came and demolished all the city with all all the buildings, let me say like that. The, the important building, the beautiful buildings, the old buildings, all of them, the houses, schools, uh, mosques, everything. The problem is without also any documentation of those buildings in this part or in this area. Later, after 2003, the people feel this great or this huge losses they lost for example, 20 years ago or less. Uh, now, for example, when someone wants to write about Madrasat al-Akhund or al-Akhund school, which was in this uh, demolished part of the city, they tried, for example, to searching in books on something like that or, or some description of the building or what is written in the walls and so on because there is no documentation. I'm afraid that maybe 20 years later, when we, I don't hope that this will happen, when we lose, for example, many things inside this, also the, the coming generation will ask, where's the documentation, drawings, and so on, and maybe found a, set, a statement here or a word here, and this is the problem. So now the people, they didn't feel what, what are happening every day to their city because they are living in it, but maybe later, when many things will be gone, unfortunately, they feel the, what, what they lost. Would you identify the situation in Najaf as an emergency situation when it comes to the protection documentation of these very important buildings? Yes, but, but the pro- our problem in Najaf, uh, uh, let me say uh, honestly, is, let me say it is harder than Mosul, for example. Even now you are seeing maybe all the international interest about Mosul and what happened by uh, ISIS to Mosul. But it is very clear why, because it is, you have an enemy and the enemy came and destroyed your history and your heritage. And you can get, uh, for example, help from all the international globe. But in our case, the problem, we are destroying our heritage by by our hands, let me say like that. Uh, those uh, new uh, construction, new projects, buildings in new hotels, high buildings, higher than the dome of the shrine and so on, those are not uh, built by enemy. And many people said, for example, in, in the city or outside the city, let us develop our city. Why you are stopping us? Why you are making limitations uh, for, for us to make the city is better and better 
What about, for example, Mecca and Medina? Uh, th those two cities are also holy cities, and everything was destroyed, and no one talked, and no one have objection at that time. And now they can, for example, give a, a place or space for millions of uh, pilgrims and hujjaj and so on. What about them? So th this is our problem. This is our, let me say, hard problem. How to make this uh, have the good interest and, and attract the international help like what happened in Mosul. This did not happen for Najaf, unfortunately. Is the Mecca model, if you like, the, the destruction that we've seen in Mecca, something that is often spoken about in Najaf amongst the heritage community there? Is it something that is seen as negative? to Najaf itself. I mean, you've, you've mentioned it as a case study. Are people knowledgeable about what's happened in, in Mecca? And is it something that frightens the authorities, the heritage community, academics in Najaf? I mean, what kind of conversations are happening in relation to that case study in Najaf? Yes, and let me say that we have uh, two directions or two views for uh, what happened in Mecca and Medina as well. Uh, with a view of the specialist, this is one. And the view of, let me say, uh, ordinary or the public or the people who are not specialists. The view of the specialist, all of them mentioned that Mecca and Medina is a negative. I, I wrote a lot uh, what happened on the Islamic web and also international web in the journals and scientific uh, articles that what happened in Mecca and Medina is the negative example for the old cities or the heritage cities because when you finish everything, you just read the history in, in the books. There is no any sign of the history or testimony in the history. For example, as all the places or old mosques and something uh, where there are memories of uh, those, for example, let me say, uh, the, the, the people at that time, the, the, the early Muslims, for example, or the Prophet himself, and so on. But the other, for example, who are not, uh, as you know, the, 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 the interest and heritage for public, let me say, not specialist, it, it needs uh, the people living in, in an open-minded way and also in, uh, in in a level is which is higher than the level of humanity. There is no problems of humanity. Unfortunately, our people in the Middle East are living in, in, in not in, in the same uh, way like the people in the West or the people in the East. They are suffering from many things important for them. For example, the daily life, the food, the health, and so on. Those type of people, you cannot talk, talk with them about the heritage and the importance of heritage and so on. Because they have a priority in their life, they, well, they are thinking in how to solve their problems. And later, as you see now, the, the wars everywhere in Syria, Yemen, etc., and the unsettled uh, political uh, situation in many places. So... It is, it is difficult to say to them have interest in heritage. But in my view, if they are living a good way, I think they, they will care about those things. They will think about the importance of those, of those for example, buildings and, and their history and their heritage and so on. The main step should be done is to solve the, the people problems of life everywhere. 
for example, in Najaf, let me let me come back to, to my case study. In Najaf, it is difficult, for example, to uh, talk with them. one has an old house inside the city and say to him, do not demolish this, your house and build a multi-story building uh, uh, to be a hotel because the hotel is very good investment for such person. And this valuable place, even if it is maybe 50 square meter, it is very important for him to improve his life. So I think we shall first improve his life and let him don't to think in uh, doing this and, and, and building a new building and, uh, for example, multi-story building and so on. And, and I think this is the objective of sustainable development. For example, if we can plan for him a project, how to use, for example, his house, also an investment, maybe hotel or, or elsewhere, or any cultural events and so on, and gain money and improve his life in a better way, I think we will succeed now to make the people themselves keep their heritage. Not to, for example, bring uh, an army or make uh, rules and laws and so on, and to enforce people to keep the heritage. So you're speaking about education, advocacy, other yes, forms? Yes, everything, everything. I, let me start from education, of course, yes, everything. But if the state institutions are weak in terms of advocacy and education, who else could do this? Is it the role of civil society, cultural groups in Negev? Yes, yes, of course. I think uh, they, they should have a, an important role in, in, uh, in this direction. Because I think now people in Iraq uh, starting to use, let me say, the campaigns and so on, use the short social media and NGOs and so on. Those are new things, but I think it now started to work very well. Maybe in, in, in the past t- 10 years, it was weak and maybe just get a grant from here on there. Uh, and the, the, the projects are not the ground, but... Uh, I think since October, last October, and uh, the movement of the young people, the movement of in, in, in every direction, let me say like that, not only in the political direction, uh, make people think in a new way uh, how to change. They are now, I think, have the, the courage to change the situation uh, and how to ask for their rights and so on. I think they, they, they will have an important role in the coming days. Yeah. You're speaking here about the protests. It's a new era for Iraq. Started last October. Yes, it is maybe focused in, in the beginning in, in very, uh, let me say, very limited area like uh, jobs and so on and electricity. But uh, later and very fast, it changed to another thing. It's changed to have, as I said, it is the desire of change. And this is important, how you are not, not giving up and thinking always in change. And this will, will go to the spread in everywhere and all, for example, people, not only young people, also NGOs, maybe authorities and so on. They have now the courage to change. Just going back to some of the things you've been speaking about, have you discussed some of your ideas regarding documentation, protection, rules and regulations, perhaps they exist but are not implemented with state authorities, 
with the governorate in Negev. Yes, of course. Uh, we had a lot of meetings, presentations. Um, every time, for example, when you are thinking to organize a conference and so on, the first people thinking about to invite them uh, is the, the governorate and the governor and the authorities and the state board of archaeology and heritage and all people related from the formal point of view about those, for example, buildings or uh, properties, zones, etc. Uh, but I, I can I can say honestly, their reactions are very weak. It, it not depends on 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 themselves. They are not believe in heritage or something like that. But it depends on the weakness of all the system. Let me say, Iraq has no policy for for culture has no policy for example for uh, tourism for uh, maybe iraq only thinks in, in in how to build an army or how to uh, sell the oil and the economy and unfortunately the other things like culture and and uh, tourism and many important things in such a civilized country with a great history I can say they postpone it for later, maybe later governments, later uh, parliaments, and so on. So, and this is why our system is, you know, for example, as evidence for my uh, uh, speech, that uh, the Ministry of Archaeology and Tourism uh, start as a corporation and then uh, was uh, a ministry, and later cancelled and merged with other ministry, Ministry of Culture and so on. And we don't know uh, later what will happen to this ministry. Always sharing the positions between political parties, for example, make this ministry uh, ignored. No one uh, want to take it, for example. They, they divided the ministries into, let me say, high rank ministries and low rank ministries. Unfortunately, education and higher education and culture those are low rank ministries so when you see this uh, this is the, the the policy of the whole country you would expect that you will have weak system dealing with the, such properties and such such buildings and so on and if we can speak about your scholarship could you yes. tell us a bit about the the, the topics um, the themes that you've you've looked at my host was uh, Bartlett School of Architecture it was well known uh, in the field of architectural engineering and uh, my uh, supervisor is a professor Edward Dennison he helped me a lot for example, I uh, attended some of uh, the presentation of uh, his PhD students, one from Egypt and the other from India. And uh, those two were, were working on maybe, let me say, the same idea about the value of the place, but the first in Egypt and the second uh, in, in India. Yeah. And I make use of many information. And also, I have a lot of meetings with others by the help of Professor Denison. My scholarship proposal was uh, how to increase the awareness of uh, the local communities uh, to the importance of heritage. And uh, the methodology used in my proposal is to link the tangible and intangible heritage in, inside the city 
the practices inside the city for all communities. I met a lot of persons and gave many presentations in, in many places and universities and also got feedback from those uh, audience and those presentations. And I think it will bring new ideas for me when I come back to Iraq to think in how to implement this proposal because it is just a proposal or let me say hypothesis. It needs surveying and data from the field to ask people about this thing, about the tangible and intangible values in their daily life. So I think now uh, I'm ready and my university is ready to do that, provided that we uh, have a good grant to implement this uh, project in the city of Najaf. If we, if we succeed to do that in Najaf, I think it will be a good example for all the cultural heritage in all Iraqi cities, because the Iraqi are the same in, in any city, but maybe a little difference in and the practices and the identity and so on. But uh, I think we can uh, bring the interest of all Iraqis to, to their heritage. Could you tell us a bit about the relationship between tangible and intangible heritage? What are the type of conclusions you've come to in based on your experience in Iraq and your research here in the UK and how that can contribute towards the sustainable development of heritage in Najaf? Let me say like that. If, if we imagine that the tangible heritage is a circle and the intangible heritage is another circle. I think those circles have a common area. There is an interaction between them and there is a common area between those types of uh, heritage. This common area, I can't mention it by this term. It is uh, the spirit of place or the value of place for people. Uh, if, if we can uh, explore this idea and, and the places where the Iraqi people are, are live now, especially the older places, I think we can get uh, this common area between uh, tangible and intangible. And if we promote for this idea and, for example, make the people have more interest in, in this uh, idea of uh, the spirit of place, they, they will uh, improve their life. And I will uh, say to you how to do that, uh, because you mentioned the sustainable development. A, a lot of uh, people now, uh, for example, in Najaf uh, especially, are their, their living is dependent on the value of the place. For example, uh, let me say now, take an example, the, the cemetery. The cemetery is very important to the city from the economical point of view. Let me mention that because also from the cultural point of view, it is very important because Wadi Salam is now a very famous place in, uh, all, all over the world as a huge symmetry. But maybe a, a little know about the uh, economical value of this place for the city. A lot of hundreds of people, maybe thousands of people, uh, are working in, in, in this place and, and many practices. All those practices, uh, or let me say small works, it depends on uh, the heritage. For example, the rituals of, uh, or funeral, for example, rituals where the families bring the body and then what to do. And when they are visiting this body, for example, after seven days and then 40 days and so on what are they doing 
they are using some materials, uh, so for example, like candles and so on, and for example, using water and types of water and so on. All those things, practices, uh, are, are opportunity of work. And a lot of people doing that as as a, as a part of the program, but it was it was done now. Let me say randomly, without planning. Sometimes may, may affecting uh, other things, for example, uh, affecting the traffic, uh, for example, the, the the easy of the movement of those people inside the cemetery and so on. So if we have a plan for, uh, for example, how to make all those uh, business and works, uh, how to, to uh, improve them in, in a good way, for example, in, a, in a modern tools. And I think it will help life of those people to, to be um, uh, more better than now. You're currently in London, but you plan to go back to Iraq quite soon. And, and what are your ideas regarding the type of work you would, you would intend to do? Yes, uh, my, many things in, in my mind, maybe some of them are uh, um, easy to do and some of them may be difficult to do, let me say that. that. For example, uh, uh, maybe the, the easy to do, uh, for example, to write an article uh, about uh, this subject. Because I wrote some uh, articles and published in conferences uh, and in presentations. I'm also presented in, in many countries and universities. But I think it should be now in, in more detail, to go in more detail in, in this subject. Uh, this one thing. The other thing, uh, which is maybe the main, uh, the main objective for me, is to implement uh, this proposal. Because implementations, uh, let me say it in a very fast way, uh, we, we should collect data from the, the, from the field. Uh, I'm thinking in, in using uh, our students in different colleges like College of Engineering, uh, College of uh, Urban Planning, and College of Heritage and Archaeology, and other maybe College of uh, Administration, and we have a good department of NGOs. Those students, uh, we should train them how to make interviews uh, for local people inside the city, uh, and also the pilgrims and the workers and so on, to identify uh, the spirit of place and the value of place for them. And the value of place, not, not, not only the place, it also uh, contains the, uh, the buildings and maybe the narrow roads between buildings and the old fabric of the city and the shrine itself and so on. So those data are very important. I, I just mentioned very simple example uh, from symmetry from the old city, which has very clear uh, practices done every day. But I... From my point of view, there are a lot of hidden uh, values, uh, maybe unknown uh, uh, for those people living in the city. I, I do not mention the, the, the cleric people or the, let me say, the students of religious studies. Those are also very important community inside the city. Uh, they have uh, high values for, uh, as I say, this al Hausa Al-Almiya, this, this is a very uh, well-known uh, scientific uh, university, but it's not classical university. Maybe it, it is thousands of years ago started in this place. And also they have traditions, traditions in uh, the way of a study, in dressing, and in, in, in living, and so on. 
and all of, of those things, these those practices are related to the uh, old city, to, to this uh, small place, which is the historic part of the city. So how to make interview and train students to, to do interview with them, uh, and w what are the data collected from them, then classify this data, and then uh, analyze it in, in tangible and intangible and so on. Uh, as I mentioned in my proposal, I think this is uh, the main objective for me, and I'm searching maybe, uh, I will search for a grant for um, one of the organizations which give grants for such projects, and then start to implement it soon. The third objective, which may be more difficult, uh, or it needs time to be implemented, is uh, to establish, uh, let me say, some uh, organizations or some, some establishment who are important for uh, heritage. For example, uh, e-commerce of Iraq. I met during uh, this uh, trip uh, the president of Ecomos UK, uh, and, she, and she gave me a lot of information about this thing and the importance to have an Ecomos chapter or Ecomos branch uh, to our country. So one of the ideas also to establish Ecomos Iraq. Also at the same time, uh, because we uh, mentioned in this interview, uh, uh, me and you, that uh, we agreed we should solve many problems for the people uh, to keep the heritage and this needs multidisciplinary team team which maybe for example bring one from history other from archaeology the third engineer the fourth maybe a planner and so on economy and there those people sit together and uh, implement some strategies and research and the plans to improve the life of people I think this needs to establish a research center or research unit in our university. And in my mind, I'd maybe name it uh, Center of Cultural Heritage Studies. Uh, and without uh, adding any words, to, to be general, to bring all those people together to work in this research center and maybe uh, participate in solving the problems of, of people. And let me say, uh, it is very maybe uh, strange uh, for the audience, maybe one of the most important problems for the people is the transportation. I saw here, for example, in London, the transportation problem uh, was solved first for people. And later, for example, they can keep heritage and some examples inside, especially the old part of London city. The transportation always is a problem for the people. For example, now the old, part of the city or the historic part of the city, it is difficult to, to go to this place, for example, or to have uh, maybe a visit or work and so on, uh, because the public transportation is very weak and also the, the streets are very uh, small and we, are not, we didn't have, like here in London, tube and tunnel and underground and so on and solve the problem in a very brilliant way to make millions of people move inside the city and, and you, you cannot feel that there is a crowds here on there. Maybe only the rush hour at the morning and the afternoon, you feel that, but other times there's no problem. In Najaf, for example, at the time of uh, Ziarat or pilgrims, all the, the roads are blocked and the people have a lot of problem to do to complete their daily life in such uh, days and so on. So I think establishing a research center who should be multidisciplinary, not research for only archaeology or history and something like that, 
no, should be general research center. In addition to your scholarship, you're also a grantee. You've been awarded a small grant yes. from the Nahrain Network. Could you tell us a bit about the grant? What kind of project are you planning to pursue in Iraq? Yes. Uh, at the same time when I came here, in fact, before my business scholarship, I, uh, my university, let me say, represented by me, and also University of Koch, represented by a very wonderful professor named uh, Manar Chidam. Uh, and we, we proposed to, to get a grant from Nehra Network, 30,000 uh, pounds, to uh, document and to make conservation plan for uh, several uh, buildings inside Kufa, Kufa city. Uh, because uh, Kufa city, unfortunately, didn't attract the same interest uh, like Najaf. A lot of now thinking about Najaf and writing about Najaf and doing a lot about Najaf. But regarding Kufa, unfortunately, uh, the situation is different. And uh, maybe let me say that the, the Kufa city, which is the, the river beach, the Euphrates River beach, it, uh, it has many changes and many things from the heritage of the city will be lost because of, ignore, of this ignorance. So we think in uh, going ahead in such projects, uh, which uh, uh, and we mentioned some buildings like uh, bathroom, public bathroom and house and mosque and etc. And then the project will uh, make use also of students to train them how to document, make a drawing for the drawings for those old places, and then make an interview for the owners of those places because they are uh, uh, private ownership and uh, try to also explore the value of those old buildings, buildings for them and if they, can, if they want to keep them or not or maybe they want they are thinking in, in, in new projects as I mentioned and also the proposal uh, part of it is to review the curriculum of the colleges of archaeology and also of architecture the architectural department engineering college and the college of urban planning to see if the conservation topics, conservation of heritage buildings topics are uh, taught to people, we say, enough hours uh, to make our graduates uh, aware of uh, the importance of conservation of heritage. This is a brief about this project. In terms of your scholarship, what other institutions did you visit in the UK? During my, uh, it, it was one one month and a half. But unfortunately, I make use uh, I made use of only one month, the two weeks, just uh, lockdown like other people in the UK because of COVID nineteen. In fact, I visited museums and uh, many types of museums. For example, let me say the British Museum on one side, and also uh, and maybe small museum, a community museum inside the Garden City of Letchworth. So it is a variety of museum, like um, science museum, like national history, uh, Victoria and Albert, and so on. So a lot of museum, and I like the diversity of those museum, and uh, I, wa- I want to make uh, experience, uh, in fact, uh, to make use of uh, how to make a museum touch the life of people, of nowadays people, and also of the past people, and. The coming people as well and uh, this is the the, the first uh, uh, thing i do 
I did. And also, uh, let me say, I attended many uh, events, uh, like, for example, a workshop held at uh, UCL uh, School of Archaeology, which was how to deal with the decision makers regarding the heritage, how to make them change, for example, their ideas about the heritage, those decision makers like politicians and so on. I think it was also a good uh, example, even it, uh, it uh, only discussed the situation of UK, as you know, Iraq may be a little bit different from UK in, in, in this context, uh, but it is important for me that, for example, uh, how to use social media to have a campaign to make maybe a, a member in parliament change his mind, for example, and uh, help to keep heritage in, in, in somewhere. The other event also, uh, it was at uh, the British Institute of Studies of Iraq. It was a lecture of Professor Postgate about his work in the south of Iraq. And also it was a good opportunity to meet him and meet uh, those uh, people, experts, in working in British Institute of Studies of Iraq. And in fact, I planned during this event to visit Birmingham Museum and present uh, a lecture there, but unfortunately this event was cancelled because of the COVID-19. And also uh, I attended uh, also many, uh, for example, lectures or conferences like the conference held for the PhD students uh, of the Bartlett School of Architecture, where the students, uh, we say, submitted their thesis and their work in, 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 in a very lovely fair and also presentations. And uh, there, there are a lot of feedback for the professors attending this event about their work. And as I mentioned, some of them, uh, those PhD students work in, in, in a similar thing, what I proposed, which is relating to the tangible to intangible heritage. Uh, also, during the trip, uh, I had the opportunity to participate in a workshop on heritage uh, organized in Barcelona in Spain. It was a, it was a two days uh, workshop, but uh, it was really uh, very valuable for me for many reasons. First is uh, for introduce myself and also have good networking for other experts of heritage from other countries, from Libya, Syria, uh, Yemen, and also from, uh, let me say, like uh, Netherlands, in addition to UK, of course, and Spain. And it is good networking for me to hear from them and also to hear what happened in, in, in those countries, which, which are similar to Iraq, from, we say, the situation. Also, they had problems, wars and conflict always and some of the, those countries are still in that situation and the the second reason which uh, make this trip is very important for me to spain is that visiting the old city of barcelona i, I can say honestly that the, the historic part of barcelona is very similar uh, to najaf from the urban planning point of view and also uh, from the conservation, maybe I can make a comparison between the two cities, even that the, it is the good example in Barcelona, but bad example in my city, uh, Najaf. So I think that it was very uh, good experience for me to have a tour inside the city, even maybe two days 
but I can say maybe half of the photos I, I took in this trip, it was in Barcelona because of the similarity between Barcelona and Najaf. And maybe one of my uh, coming articles is to make comparison between the two cities, Barcelona and Najaf. And the third reason is to visit the history of Catalan. As you know, Barcelona is the, the main city in Catalonia. F from my point of view, from my mind, it is look, look like similar to Kurdistan and Iraq. So for me, it is important to visit this place, uh, the history of uh, Catalan, and see uh, how those people or the Spanish people in Catalan or the Catalan people, let me say like that, how they are, uh, let me say, promote their cultural identity as, uh, uh, let me say, as a part of the community of the Spanish community, how they can keep their, uh, let me say, special identity or uh, something related to their culture and to their past. And uh, also it was good experience, the design of uh, the museum and uh, the way of uh, keeping uh, old things and the new things also is very important, added to me a lot. And one final question, with the knowledge that you have, your experience working in Iraq, being Iraqi and seeing what's happening in the country and seeing what's happened in the country since 2003 and also before that, if you were to look at the next 20 years in Najaf, particularly in relation to its cultural heritage, say 20 years from now, what would Najaf look like? I think the answer of this question depends on the first step. If you if you have if your first step is right, you will go to the right direction and you will reach what what you want to reach and with a good objective. But if the first step is bad, which is for example not part of a strategic plan of let me say a public policy from the government and so on, I think maybe the coming 20 years will be Worst, maybe we have situation worse than than nowadays. Maybe lose all the old city, and many persons from 2003 till now are always talking about demolishing all the city and make it an open space like what happened in Mecca and Medina. So it depends on 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 the good start, on the good plan should be put forth to start to start it from now. I can I cannot expect uh, exactly what will happen. I am always optimistic, uh, and for, for me, as maybe as a professor at university or as a citizen in Iraq, uh, I think we should not stop talking or asking or uh, requiring and so on. Always, we should move, move uh, by speech, move by writing, move by events, move by campaigns. Also, always we should move forward. We should not give up. This is my law. This is my also recommendation for all Iraqi peoples, especially those who are working with heritage. Should not should not give up. You should keep because all nations are suffered for the same thing, and because of their insistence, because of their patience, they reach the good thing they want. But also, we should do the same thing. We should continue. We should not give up. On that note. Dr. Ali Naji, Kufa University, thank you very much for this opportunity to interview you for this podcast. I wish you luck and good wishes for your future work. Also, I should thank you and thank uh, all friends in Nahrim Network and 
the British Institute of Studies of Iraq, uh, who helped me, especially Professor Eleanor Robson, I think that's the president of Nehra Network, and all others who helped me to succeed in, in this trip. And I, I, I'm sure that they will help me also in my future plans. <laughs> thank you very much. Thank you. Thank, thank you, you, Dr. Bye-bye.